Okay, hi everybody. This is Maria Pesson, founder of For Women Over 50, a website and blog that I started a few months ago to chronicle my journeys in getting older and also to start a Facebook group, which you can join called For Women Over 50. That is a community of like-minded women who want to share and give tips and community to other women over 50. So today's podcast, we're going to have Angela O'Reilly, who has um, done something interesting in her time over 50. She decided to change her career and change her business. So she's here to share her experience with us. Angela, please introduce yourself and tell us about your background. Um, well, thank you, Maria, for having me on. Um, I, as you said, I'm Angela O'Reilly. I am the founder of the Curvy Lab, which is a size-inclusive fashion lab, and it's in residence currently at the High School of Fashion Industries in New York City. Um, before I tell you a little bit more about that, I'll tell you about myself. So I was born and raised in Iowa, and I went to school there. I got a bachelor's degree from Northwest Missouri State in fashion merchandising, and I got a master's degree from Iowa State in textile science. So um, I actually wanted to be a teacher. <laughs> so I- Teacher I of fashion industry? I, I wanted to teach um, textiles, right? Mm -hmm. So when I uh, finished with my master's degree, I thought to myself, you know, you really can't start teaching if you've never had a job in the fashion industry. And so I ended up getting a job as an accessory designer in Dallas, Texas. And I moved there not knowing anybody and started this, this new work. And quickly, I would say I was there for like a year or two. And I, um, that was at the time where computer systems were just getting started in the fashion industry. And I had applied for a job uh, with a company called Gerber Garment Technology. Oh, I heard so, of them. They're yeah, very well known. Very well known. So I was offered a position with them in their headquarters in uh, South Windsor, Connecticut, and I took it. And so what happened was I ended up getting a really valuable education, not only in the fashion industry, but I got a computer education at the same time. And the reason I'm telling you this is because it served me so well over the course of my life. Um, the, you know, when I started that job, I didn't, I didn't know how to turn a computer on, but basically I'd never really even used one except for word processing. Well, and you and I come from a generation where computers started when we were adults. Exactly. Exactly. So through that time that I worked with, um, Gerber, I traveled all over the United States and I, t I was a trainer. I taught people how to use these CAD systems. And specifically, I taught what was called Silhouette, which is the pattern making tool. So it takes your hard patterns um, and puts them in the system and then you can um, make changes, you can make new styles based on the styles that are in the system. So I did that for about five years and then I, d I got tired of traveling is what happened. And so um, I called all the sales guys and said, I'm looking to just, you know, take a job with a company because I don't want to travel anymore. 
and I was offered a job at Ann Klein, and that's really where my whole journey started. I was hired there to computerize their pattern making room, and that was about, I think they had like 20 pattern makers, and they were all from people from all over the world, and we If had, I may interject just one sure. second. Ann Klein's no longer around as a brand. I don't think that they even exist anymore. But at the time that you worked there, it was one of the biggest American brands out there. Absolutely. Like, uh, yeah, it was private. At the time I joined, it was privately owned, still mm -hmm. owned by Mr. Mori and Mr. Taki. Mm -hmm. And um, they felt very strongly that technology was a big piece of what would carry them forward. Um, and they were right. And they were right. So I was hired to do this project. And while I was there, so I taught all these Italian pattern makers. I had a Japanese, I had um, someone from France, you know, like I had American, like I had everybody. Mm -hmm. But what happened while I was there is Ann Klein started, decided to do a plus size um, offering of their products. And they used me sort of as a I wouldn't say guinea pig, but I was probably a size 16. And so that's somebody certainly that they had not really ever dressed before. And I be sort of became the in-house fit model for what they were doing. Mm -hmm. And it went really well. And I remember one day, one of the Italian guys came over to me and said, you know, the fit model is a very important part of the fashion business. And he said, you are, you're, you can do this. This is for you. And I remember getting measured. The Italian guys measure you with a weighted string to check for symmetry. And so I didn't know that. Yeah. So they, they put a, a weight on the end of a string and it's to check your stance so that they can check shoulders and front body to back body. So when he, fin he, when he finished, he, he said, you know, you can, you can do this. And he handed me the phone number of Ford, someone at Ford Models. And I called them, I think that week, and I had a meeting with them the next week. And the next week I got a contract. So that really changed the trajectory of my entire life. Um, and what ended up happening was two things happened at the same time. When I was working for Ann Klein, uh, Rosie O'Donnell's people approached us and asked if we would make clothes for her. She was doing all these events and had show appearance, appearances. So um, I worked on the pieces that were going to her. I think it was for the, it was for um, the Tonys. I think that was the first thing that we worked on for her. Mm -hmm. And I got to meet her when we went for the fitting. Was she and I, nice? She was super nice, and I think she looked at me and thought, wow, somebody understands what it's like to get dressed when you're not a size six. <laughs> yeah, you know? I know what you mean. So after I, after I um, left, I got a call from her manager like a month later and asked if I wouldn't come and work for her on the show as her stylist and costume designer. Oh, I didn't know that. That's very fascinating. Did you do oh, it? Was it was so, I mean, how, I couldn't say no. 
I could, how do you say no to that? It's like I don't lifetime. think you do. <laughs> like a lifetime experience, right? So I'm telling you that because at the same time that I signed the contract with Ford, I also went to work for Rosie. And the reason that's significant is because no models ever, you don't ever start out with, a, with a, something you can make a living on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You start with one or two clients. And so working for Rosie allowed me to, to, to do both. And that was really helpful in helping me launch that next part of my life. So when the show ended, I mean, the Rosie show for me was absolutely fantastic. I received two Emmy nominations for costume design. Yeah, it was really a wonderful time in my life. And when the show ended, um, that's really when my career as a curvy model started full time. And my first big client was Jones of New York which is no longer in business, but I was basically- You still have ha- a coat division. Yes, yes. under Yes, it's a license, I believe. Right. G3 has it. Uh, yes, yes. Good old Brian Morstein over there. Right, Brian Morstein. <laughs> Do you right. know Brian? Yeah, we worked together when I was at G3. <laughs> oh my God, I love Brian. He's a Me big, too. he's one of my biggest supporters, by the way. He's always been super good to me. But that's how I started my fitting career. And I believe, you know, for me, it's something that I I feel definitely that I was fated to do. And through starting with them, I mean, once you have success at one company, especially a big company like that, then you become just in demand. So over the course of my career, which is, so that was 2000, I started in 2001. So it's been like 20 years now. I literally, I've worked with probably every major brand and have had the most wonderful experiences and have learned so much and traveled, you know, all over the world. And that's what led me to what I'm doing now, which is, do I will stop because I don't know if you want me to talk about the Curvy Lab right now or if you actually, why don't you, you started a new business, you changed what you're doing. Um, what inspired you to do that? And then tell us about your business. Okay. So over the course of my years as a fit model, I became very aware that I was not the star of the show. And I'm saying it like that because it's, I, I always felt that I was an afterthought. And even though I know, and we all know that I believe it's 67% of, of the American population is above a size 16 or a size or 14 or 16. Mm-hmm. Yet when we make clothes, we are not thought of first. So when you say you're not the star, you mean your size exactly is not as important to fashion. It's not that you weren't important to the company. It's that you weren't considered important in the fashion sense. In, in size, yes, that's a good clarification. And because of that, the clothes that we made, I felt oftentimes were, I will just call them neglected. So, you know, my job in a fitting is to tell people how to improve the fit, the, uh, the design detail and the aesthetic. And so I, I'm very serious about it, you know, when I say something to them, oftentimes their answer is, oh, we, we've already, we don't have time for that, or we already, you know, the costing doesn't allow for that, or, you know, we don't have the materials to do that. So 
what I found is when the product gets to the store, it's, it's often like, I don't know what I would, I can't think of a word for it, but it's not as inviting. Well, yeah, it's like when you go shopping and you look at something and you think, oh, that's so cute. Sometimes when it gets to the, to the curvy size, it's less cute because of what happened in the translation process. Right. And this really they don't put the same care into it that they they do. don't. And even um, if even if the care is um, even if the care is there, there's just the timing of the uh, calendar for production is just not always available to do this. So imagine av after 20 years of this and hearing that same answer from many different people, literally sometimes every week for 20 years. I thought there's got to be a better way to do this. So I was inspired to, you. I, I received a trademark on my professional mannequin and I was inspired to create a course for schools where students could learn to design directly for the curvy body. Which is and a much nicer way of saying large size. Yeah, just a, you know, just- Just the semantics somebody, alone. Yeah, just somebody who is a, you know, so what I, the, I approached the high school of fashion industries and they absolutely hands down were thrilled to offer me this opportunity to set this up in their school. I actually have my own classroom in there. Um, it's called the Curvy Lab. And I wrote this little course where we talk about what it's like to design directly for this body. We use my mannequin because it's used all over the world, but it's not the only body that gets talked about in the course. I think when you're, I consider myself a bridge, right? The mm -hmm. fashion industry is changing. So I, I'm just like the starting point for what can be going forward. So anybody that would be in, in this class would understand how the industry does it now and then they'll be ready to take on whatever, whatever size is, the front, is in front of them. Mm -hmm. And that's the premise of the course is I see beauty everywhere. So, the try, so we're training them to see, because designers have to be good visualizers, right? So we're training them to see beauty in what's ever in front of them. And that is humongous. I mean, if that's, if that's the only thing I did in my life, I will die feeling very accomplished for you because you've contributed to the world and I'm sure a lot of these high school girls are in all size sixes you know they're not but what's interesting to me and this is so I'll step it into COVID now so since COVID happened of course in March when that happened I realized that the teachers were having such a hard time getting the actual like nuts and bolts of their basic class down that to lay the curvy lab on top of it is, was a lot for them. You know, teachers and students alike had to rethink how they were gonna be learning. Mm -hmm. So what I did in the meantime is try to start setting courses up uh, through videos virtually, right? Mm -hmm. um, so they're little videos that you watch. And then because I'm working from home, I took my garage and renovated it myself, by the way, I did it myself. And turned it into a studio where I can make the videos. And I also started to offer this course um, to tweak it a little bit. And I, I'm working with tweens, like 13, 14-year-olds, 
Um, and what the reason I'm telling you this is because I think women of all sizes hate themselves. <laughs> I mean, the more I, the more That's I so sad. It, it's so sad. They hate and their I mean, bodies anyway. Yeah, they hate, there's, I, I you remember Mean Girls. I do, but it's so, for me, this is so perplexing. I'm like, what is going on? They're all like these skinny little twigs and they look in the mirror at themselves and they say, oh, that's wrong with me. That's wrong with me. That's wrong with me. So even the thinnest, most beautiful woman finds something about herself that she doesn't like. So I totally agree with you. So what's interesting about it is that, again, going back to I see beauty everywhere, if you really start teaching yourself to see beauty in everybody that you encounter, it helps you see it in yourself. That's a great way to look at it. And it's really powerful. And I realize, you know, so I have one student that comes to the garage and we wear masks and we open the garage door. And I realized that she needed that message just as much as the kids who are planning to go into the fashion industry. You know, and you're talking about kids, but women over 50 have the same problem. In fact, I think it gets worse because as we get older, we might get heavier. That's a lot more common than a young person. And we just look at ourselves aging and we just say, oh, you know, everybody loves skinny young people. Nobody likes, sees beauty in older women. And we can change that narrative. There can be beauty in all ages. Well, it's, it's absolutely true. And the whole, um, I mean, I don't, I haven't, I don't do any of that stuff for your face. You know, like I've not done any cosmetic procedures or anything like that. And I think that that also has to be like, we are human, like it's part of our natural process to age. And why should that be shameful? I don't know. And why should that be ugly? Why shouldn't it, it be beautiful? Exactly. Exactly. So I, I agree with that. I mean, my, I'm, I'm focused on kids because that's how I can shift. Like if I, if there's an army of kids that have had this information, when they go into the fashion industry, they're going, they'll just change it just by being themselves. Do you know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. And it starts with the people that are coming in and with their open-mindedness you know young people change things but you as an older woman over 50 are changing things too because you're training large groups of women to think differently yes so your impact is staggering you know how much it could be and how big it could be so it's exciting to see that we can make a difference at our age. We can make big differences and we can take our experience and yours is very substantial and give that out to the next generation and teach the next generation. That's one of the things that I think is missing in modern culture is the ability of the older people to teach the younger people you know used to be a common thing in society and nowadays children are taught that being young is what matters and being old you you don't matter anymore you're insignificant 
but if they change, if we change this around, if we change this dialogue around, we can be important to this next generation and teaching them and, and helping them to grow and be the most that they can be. So I love what you're doing and how you're contributing to the world and making a difference, one young girl at a time. Well, I definitely, and I think, you know, so two things. One thing was, you know, I've had a lot of, I've had a lot of low moments since March, you know, like sure. this has been a sobering time for all of us. Um, I once I, so part of even the renovation of the garage, you know, like money is, you know, in an uncertain time, money is every penny is important. Right. So I remember talking to my dad one day, I was sitting on the couch in the living room and I said to him, it seems that I'm going to have to renovate this myself. And I laughed, but I thought, you know, as women, I think sometimes you think, Oh, I can't do that. Or I, you know what I'm saying? Sure. No, exactly what you're saying. I literally did this with his, you know, my dad would talk to my dad on the phone. I'd get a YouTube video going. And I, I literally did it by myself. And there were days that it wasn't easy. I mean, I'm not that good at hammering nails above my head. But every day that I made progress, I felt accomplished. And I, I think this project of renovating the garage helped me see that we can always learn more and do new things. So once this was finished, I remember sit, I was sitting out here. And I, I really wanted to tell everybody that's listening this. So when I finished, I put my things in here, right? Like I made it like an office. So I have my books, my, um, I put my diplomas out here. I have my, my certificates with my Emmy nominations. I have those framed. They're out here. My mannequins are out here. You have to take a here. picture. I will. Post it on the group. I will definitely do it. But it's important. So what I realized is as I was sitting here, I thought, you know what? You've come a really long way. And it's not all for nothing and it doesn't have to be the end and there can be more, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it inspired me to, so I, what I started doing was making these little videos for Instagram and for LinkedIn and Facebook about things that I know, things that I can share. And that was, not that, well, was not that easy, right? It's not that easy to see yourself in a different way and to be brave and think, what if someone laughs at me or, you know, are they good? You know what I love about the story also is that you took a challenge and you turned it into an opportunity. Yes. I mean, we just have to, you know, I remember the first day I made the video, I thought, oh gosh, I don't know about this. You know, especially women our age are not taught to be self promoters, or at least I wasn't, you know. So, um, yeah, I wasn't either, but I developed the talent over time. Being a salesperson yeah. is something that you have to have, you must have it, right? Yes, but as I started to make the videos, I enjoy it so much, and it's fun for me because I get to tell it's like telling people what my job has been like all these years. This is how I look at something, this is what I look for in something, you know. I mean. I've helped major fashion brands develop successful clothing lines for over 20 years. That's information that should not just die, you know? Exactly. So now that you're at this place, where do you see 
the being over 50 looking like for you? You know, I, for some reason, I feel happier. Um, because I feel like I didn't, I don't have to prove anything anymore. You know, I just got to this place and now it's just, uh, I'm in a place where I feel like I do things that inspire me. I mean, obviously we have to pay, you know, we have to make money for ourselves, but it's not so much about like accomplishing things in my career. It's more about what will have some impact, what will inspire me, what will make me happy, you know, like what will make me happy to get up in the morning. And that feels really good. That's terrific. That is just amazing. So do you have any superpowers that you've developed since your 20s? Can you name three? Oh my gosh, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, well, I, I'll start you off. One of them is obviously confidence. Confidence. And how did I get that? I think sometimes ignorance is bliss. <laughs> you think you're great and nobody's told you different? Is that it? <laughs> yes. Or it's just like my ability. So I have, I do have an ability to step in the, I can step into the unknown without knowing. And it's a, it's a very uncomfortable feeling, but I think over the years I've gotten, I've gotten used to what that feels like. And in order to move your life forward, you have to have, you have to have some kind of muscle in that area. Mm -hmm. um, you have to move outside your comfort zone, your circle of influence so that you can expand your comfort zone and your circle of influence. It's true. Um, I've also learned to see myself differently over the years. And I've just done it. I've just done it again. Because the way I see myself now is actually even different than I saw myself at the beginning of 2020. So you have to, you have to be able to expand your view of yourself personally, you know, in order to make space for a change. You know, I love what you said about being able to do projects that inspire you, that aren't just about moving your career forward or, or about making money, but that bring you happiness. And I think that's, I don't know if it's a superpower, but it is definitely something to learn from. And I think that's something that we can look at at our age. No longer are we like running up a treadmill trying to get to the next point you know first you're the sales manager i'm talking from my own experience. yeah yes I'm the sales manager then i'm the vice president then i'm the president then i'm the ceo and it's like well you know what i don't have to you know climb the ladder anymore i don't have to take jobs just because they're the right step i could do jobs that really bring me joy and that's a great lesson you've taught today i really appreciate that yeah it's important and I don't know it all either. I'm, I still am learning things about myself. Um, if you stop learning, you're dead. It's true. I think so. And I, what I've really, what I've enjoyed the most, I think, is I learned something from all, the, all of my girls, all my kids I work with. I learned something from them. It's, it's so fantastic. Even my 13-year-old that I have, she's, I've learned a lot from her, you know, and I realize just in, in being with her through this course, 
you know, we are, we're good together creatively, which when you're in a fashion business, you know, it's, we're not all sitting in a room alone designing things, you know, it's collaboration most of the time. Absolutely. So for those of you who don't know, I'm also from the fashion industry. I've worked in it for over 40 years. So um, Angela and I have a lot of experiences in common and I, and it is very collaborative. So I agree with you about that. I mean, you can't design in the vacuum. The idea of a designer coming into a room and going, I see plaid and doing, you know, and making a line of plaid clothing is, is a fallacy. What they do is they look at all the trend services, see what people's wearing. They look at the runways. They do a lot of research before they come up with their ideas. So you're right. Yeah. Angela, if somebody wants to find out more about what you're doing and more about um, your courses, how would they find you? Um, right now, um, the way to contact, I can give you, I'll pass to you, Maria, my email address. I'm well, you can the, give it to them on, on the, oh, guess, on the, on the over 50, on the, yes. I also have a website. It's my name, AngelaO'Reilly.com. And that has a contact button on it. And can um, you again, spell that for them? Sure. It's A-N-G-E-L-A-O-R-I-L-E-Y at Mac, M-A-C dot com. Um, That's your we, email address. That That is my email address, right. And the and website, website is Angela, again, A-N-G-E. L-A-O-R-I-L-E-Y dot com. It's just my name dot com. Um, all that info, most of the information that we talked about today is on that particular website, as well as a contact button. Um, and of course, right now I'm in the process of getting all the Curvy Lab lessons um, to be in a virtual format that people can subscribe to or purchase courses or whatever. So that should be coming by January. That's wonderful. I have to tell you, it has been amazing speaking with you. Um, oh, Maria, thank you. I've enjoyed it. And I think our uh, listeners will enjoy it as well. You've given us a lot of good stuff. So thank you for being here and you have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you so much. Thank you.